Welcome to the, finally, the official first episode of the Shakespeare 101 podcast. I am your host. I have a lot of AKAs. I'm just going to give y'all a few. Real name is Leon, AKA King Leonidas Da Vinci, AKA Champion Da Vinci. A.K.A. King Leonidas. A.K.A. I got too many to list. I'm here with my co-host, Brother Yusuf. A.K.A. A.K.A. Uh, Buddy B. Jock. A.K.A. Yuso. A.K.A. Ready for whatever. A.K.A. Young Stally. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to fix these, fix these headphones. Okay, that's better. All right, so this podcast is for the layman Muslim. It's for the dicky coverall, apron, greasy, working in the kitchen, working in the hospital. We ain't muftis, we ain't sheiks. This ain't for the white though, white, koofy, big beard all the way down to the chest. No, we're not. This ain't for the Salafis. This ain't for uh, uh, those who are seeking a deep, long uh, uh, tenure in knowledge. This is for the Muslim that just converted. This is for the Muslim that's American. Let's let's put that out there. We got to put that out there because the it seems like since I've been, you know, a part of the dean seeking the knowledge that I've seeked and, and, and took Shahada, seems like the East has been the example. Yeah. And people don't understand that the American culture is not nothing like I guess what's being portrayed, even though our culture has influenced a lot over there. So, since this is the first episode and it's the introductory episode, letting y'all know what we're about, I'll give you a brief, I guess, history of me and and, and how I came. Uh, to make the decision to convert to the dean. Uh, to make a long story less long, back in high school, took an African American heritage class in ninth grade, and I met these cats that was part of the Nation of Gods and Earths. And I had been influenced by my father's uh, tour in the Gulf War. And I was interested in Islam, but didn't really know too much about it. And I was also a little scared of what my relatives would think about my interest in Islam. So these guys was picking on me because he had given a presentation and he said the original black man is from Asia. And I said, 
nigga, <laughs> the black man's from Africa. Y'all niggas is stupid. And he wanted to fight me. A year and a half later, I was such a Wu-Tang fan that I think it was the Killer Priest album. Killer Priest's first album came out called Heavy Mental. And uh, I was working at Kroger at the time, and we was bagging and, you know, teenagers talking shit, working at Kroger. And he was like, well, you see, you know, Killer Priest is a 5%er. I was like, what the fuck is a 5%er? What happened to 100%? All right. Like, it'd be 5%. Anyway... I got involved in Nation of Gods and Earths. I let go of anything that was Christian. I was super militant, studying the lessons. And 10, 11 years later, after my running the streets and living a wild life, I was literally a savage in the pursuit of happiness. That's part of the lessons, but that's what I was. Couldn't tell me I was that then, but... I got clean, understood that Nation of Gods and Nurse was not going to work. It's, to me today, it's impractical. More power to the brothers and sisters that do it. But my experience, it wasn't fitting well with me. Got clean, about a year clean. I joined the Nation of Islam. Did that for about a year and a half. They lost me with the spaceships and the Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> So I let that go. I did some Bible study with my aunt for, I guess, about six months because I was like, maybe there was something in Christianity I was missing. No, there was nothing I was missing. There was, like I knew that that wasn't for me. I got with my boy Jamal. We was working out. He had taken his shahada, I think, in Philly when he lived up there. He was teaching up there. And he lived in Atlanta as well. And... From what he had told me, those two cities had a very strong Muslim community. And um, since Nation of Gods and Nerds and Nations of Islam are, I guess, offspring from the Dean, I was familiar, but I didn't really know. Uh, so I'm working out with him. We would work out like three, four times a week. And mind you, he was one of the cats also that was in that African-American heritage class that was giving their presentation. You know what I'm saying? About the black man being from Asia. He was part of the Nation of Gods and Earths at one point. But we was going to Masjid Balao. I was going to Juma, but I never took Shahada. And I did that for about, I guess, four or five months. And then March of 2000. 13 is when I took my shahada. So I've been a Muslim post shahada for six years now. But I have extensive knowledge in theology because I've been studying theology since I was like 14. Um, so soaking in knowledge and studying is just a part of who I am. And, you know, um, after being in the Dean for six years, I knew that something was missing here in America. And I remember listening to a lecture. Actually, I was watching it on YouTube, uh, a lecture by Suhey Webb. And he was talking about 
the dean needs more content providers. Those individuals who are not scholars, who are not imams, who are not sheikhs, but they have good content to provide to um, Muslims in those pockets of America where there's not many Muslims, right. where Muslims take shahada and they're greeted and it feels like you gotta have all these people helping you out but after a while you realize you're just there by yourself and there's no teacher there's no guidance and there is mass confusion between the deem and between culture and the thing about this deem is it's, it's supposed to be simple we, we find that moderate, that balance, that middle ground. Because extremism doesn't always mean terrorists. Extremism can be, from what I've seen, no disrespect, but some Salafis are super extreme. Rigid prayers, they want to argue every point, you know what I'm saying? And it's no different than your... Uh, um, what, what we used to say about Christians Jesus freaks uh, they're no different than Jesus freaks they're just I ain't seen any personally I have seen it in person and it's not it's not pretty and it's just it's a waste of time I'm not arguing with you about how these are if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do but don't come lecturing me you know what I'm saying but anyway that's my brief history and we'll get more into it as the podcast goes along but those are some points I think bullet points I'm going to put out there stuff in between we'll talk about as this goes on so with the the God the you said the Nation of Islam was talking about Scientology yes when I was in the they call it the study groups because if you don't have a mosque in the nation of Islam in whatever city you are in it's called a study group you have to have 50 registered Muslims in the nation of Islam in a city to apply to have a mosque Hmm. and Lexington probably has 50 registered Muslims but they don't they ain't got one well they don't um, participate on a regular basis and that's also because I mean there's confusion man there's there's supposed to be no compulsion in this deen however when you're in the nation of Islam it feels like there's compulsion like you have to do this and you have to do that you can't do this and if you do this and you break this rule, you are quote-unquote excommunicated from all the believers other than the brother minister in the area. That's tough. Yeah. I took my ex- excommunication like a champ. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Would you, why'd they excommunicate you for? Because... I'm a recovering addict. This September, I have 11 years clean. 
at the time that I was in the Nation of Islam, like I said, I had I was coming up on two years clean at the time I was in, and there is no fornication, which there's no fornication in the deen itself, but in Nation of Islam, if you get caught fornicating, it's a year of excommunication. So you can't show up to like study groups or nothing like this? No. Hmm. One full year, and the only person you can have communication with is the brother minister in that area. So, you're talking about a cat who ran the streets rampant from the time he was 16, 17 to 27. And you're going to tell him you can't get none or you excommunicated. Mind you, I'm also, I've also only had about two years clean. So for me, not getting high was way more important than not getting none. Yeah. I was faced many a nights like either I'm going to get high or I'm going to get some. And I'd rather get some than get high. What I was told when I told them that was, oh, if you had gotten high, you would have been only excommunicated for a month. They didn't say that before? No. But still, I don't get high, fam. Right. Because, see, if I get high, I ain't going to stop. Right. I don't want that life anymore. Right. Plus, to me, it seems that I should be excommunicated longer for getting high, for putting poison in my body than yeah. sleeping with somebody. Didn't make no sense to me. I was told that if that was to happen, you would come over and we would pray with you. And that's, no, you don't understand addicts. You invite me to my house, I'm stealing anything that ain't nailed down and is getting sold for the next one. Yeah. I am not to be trusted when I get high. If I get some, I'm still the same person. Yeah. Because I have never met a woman that makes me want to steal to get some more of what she got. But when you talk about dope, it's a totally different story. Yeah. So, like I said, that on top of the whole Dianetics and the Scientology thing, and then the mothership and spaceships and the wheels, like, you know what, fam? I'm good. They still talk about that to this day? Yeah, they believe that, man. They believe that Masfarad Muhammad and Elijah Muhammad on the mothership which is New Jerusalem. This ship has the capability of recreating the Earth's surface. Anytime there's UFO, UFO sightings, it is pretty much what they say is that's a sighting, that's a sign from Allah because Allah came down in the person of Masfarad Muhammad. Oh, another thing is we are gods. Little gods. Something else that 
it made sense when I was in the Nation of Gods and Earths, but when I left the Nation of Gods and Earths and realized that there's only one supreme being and I ain't him, I can't attribute that to anybody else. So... Give me, give me your yeah. brief story. Uh, it's really a short story. It was back, uh, at, probably after high school. You know what I'm saying? I ain't want to go to college right away, cause I ain't really, I ain't really like school. So I didn't like, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, I just wanted to chill. Basically, I just wanted to take that year off at least and chill. I remember I was. Uh, Hanging out with my peoples a lot, hanging out with my friends, doing this, that, and the other. And uh, I was walking back. I was walking back to my house with one of my friends, and I was talking to him. I was like, "Man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe in Christianity no more." And I was telling him about. I was praying the other day, and at the end, I was like, had this really long, heartfelt prayer about what some stuff I was going through, this, that. And I was telling him, I was like, at the end of the prayer, and I was like, in God's name I pray, amen. And then I was like, do I need to say the same prayer and then say in Jesus' name, amen? So then I was like, man, I don't know. So then I told him I became, I'm agnostic. You know, I believe, I believe there's a higher being that created me and everybody, but at the same time, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't feel at home with Christianity. Um. I was watching YouTube. I was on YouTube, and I was watching some uh, Tupac videos, music videos, you know what I'm saying? Because that was my guy. And he had a music group called The Outlaws. And then The Outlaws, one of The Outlaws named Napoleon. Now, I remember I was watching I was watching some videos, and I seen on the side there was a video of Napoleon giving a speech. And he was in, like, this white throat. With a with a kufi and it was talking about how he became Muslim and Islam and all this. So I had, I just happened to click on it. I don't even know what made me click on it. You know what I'm saying? I just I was watching music videos. I was at the crib watching music videos and I just happened to click on this this speech. And after that, after watching that that speech, I was like, man, I need to I need to give me a Quran so I can read it for myself. You know what I'm saying? Because I've never read the Bible. I never read the Bible front to back. I don't know many people that's read the Bible front to back like a normal book, other than you, I guess. Uh, most people, you know what I'm saying, they pick they pick this part, that part, and they read, you know what I'm saying? But I ain't never been around nobody that's like read the Bible front to back like, like an actual book. So I read the Quran, you know what I'm saying? My mom was going through some stuff. She was going through surgery and stuff, and I remember I was in a, a real uh, mental mental space that I, I wasn't used to. So I was, I was reading this book, and a lot what it had to say just felt it just felt right. You know you know what I'm saying? Like it just it didn't it didn't have no manipulation. I felt like it didn't make me feel unusual. You know what I'm saying? It made me it made me feel like. It made me feel familiar with it, even though this is the first time I had read it. So then I was like, man, I need to, I think I'm about to become Muslim. And I remember I was telling my friends, I was like, man, 
one day I'm going to stop doing all this. I'm going to become Muslim, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I've been doing some research. I need two witnesses who want to go with me, whoop-de-whoop. A couple of my friends like, yeah, we'll go with you. We'll go with you if you do it. So I was looking up. Uh, I looked up a couple of places, and I went down to the masjid on Limestone. That's the only one I found. I didn't I didn't even know about Masjid Bilal. I went to the one on Limestone, knocked on the door. Nobody was there. Knocked on the front door. Nobody was there. Uh, so then we was about to leave. And we was getting in the car, and I turned around, and I looked, and there was this guy in there walking in. And I was like, I had that brief moment where I was like, man, I could just come back another time, or I could go ahead and go in here right now since he's here. So I was like, all right, let's go. Went in there, talked to him. He was just a guy coming for prayer. Um, I told him I'm going to take my shahada and everything. And after they prayed, I took shahada with uh, Brother Omar. Rest in peace. Um, he took my shahada. And then that's when I met Muhammad Saifullah. And uh, they, was all, they was all coming up to me, congratulate me and everything. Muhammad was like, man, I, already, I thought you, I seen you sitting here. I thought you was already Muslim with your beard. I was like, nah, bro, I'm not no Muslim now. But I'm Muslim now. But you know what I'm saying? So I was like, it's, it's cool. And then a lot of brothers started to help me, help me do my prayer. I remember I came in one time and I started doing a prayer. And then I, I finished, and this brother Ennis, he called me over where he was sitting. And he was like, oh, you a new, are you, did you just become Muslim? I was like, yeah. He was like, you know how to pray? I was like, no, not really. He was like, yeah, because you butchered it. And I was like, <laughs> God bless. I was like, I need some help. So him and Abdullah helped me with my prayer. Uh, and then, you know what I'm saying, I just, I started off going real hard. And that's just not conceivable you know what i'm saying like you can't you gotta take it one step at a time because you'll burn yourself out uh it's funny you say that it's one thing it's funny that the brothers already thought you was muslim that's the same thing they said to me had this beard that you got right i had this beard that i got right now well i had my beard because in the nation of islam you have to shave like you can't have a beard Mm. yeah you can't have a beard in the nation of islam and also I have a habit of tucking my jeans and my socks because I don't like the back of my jeans being under my shoes. Yeah. And I like showing my shoes off because I got a shoe fetish. So, like, the brothers just thought I was Muslim. It's like, you your, sh- your your pants are above your ankles and you got the you got the beard. I'm like, nah, fam, that's just who I am yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, I just, you know, it's funny. I was, I became Muslim. I was going so hard and I was just... And I remember they told me, don't let nobody walk in front of you when you're praying. And I took that literally, you know what I'm saying? I was praying at the house. I was in my brother's room, and I just happened to be praying. You know, was in there playing the game. Hassan go off. I was like, all right, let me make prayer real quick. I'm making my prayer, and he was about to walk past me to go out the room. And, like, I'm in the middle of my prayer, and I just stuck my arm out like, no, you can't walk by me. And it was like, in my mind, I'm like, you not supposed to, ain't supposed to let nobody walk past me, but at the same time, I'm supposed to be focused on my prayer. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's just little things you, like you, that. You learn. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's you just learn as it goes along because I, from what I know, <clears throat> that was a time where, and I may be wrong, but I remember listening to a lecture 
where someone was talking about prayer and it was talking about how like Prophet Muhammad was in the middle of the prayer and he had to open the door for somebody. So he stopped, opened the door, and then continued. Now I might be wrong, it might be a, a Sahaba hmm. that did that, but there are certain circumstances, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And these are the things that we should know coming in that this dean is made easy for you. Right. And also, <clears throat> the prophet did not teach everybody the same. Oh, side note. Sister Azadi, my wife said she's going to get here as soon as she can. She'd like to have dinner. She asked me to turn the TV on, and I said, can't do that. The mics will, turn, the, the mics will pick it up. All right, I just wanted to say that because before she was like, you didn't tell them that. But, um, but yeah, like, this dean is made easy for you, and he didn't teach everybody the same. Like, there was a, there was an old man who asked the prophet, peace be upon him, could he kiss his wife or, or you know, be intimate with his wife without intercourse during Ramadan? And the prophet said yes. A younger believer asked him, and he told him no. That's because they're two different people. Yeah. The older man should have more self-control. Right. Along as his wife, they know how far to take it. Where it's like, whoa, we're going too far here. Where the younger man, his hormones. Yeah. You know, when we was young, fam, like there was a certain point. It was point of no return. Like we going in. And then, ah, I broke my fast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, not everybody was taught the same. And there's just, there's uh, several occasions dealing with the prophet, peace be upon him, and, and the companions where people interpreted things differently and the prophet didn't say anything. So you knew, you know what I'm saying? Because there, there was one time where they, they were supposed to be going, I, I'm not no mufti. But I do know there was one time where they was traveling from point A to point B. And in the middle of that, there was awesome prayer. Some of the companions stopped and did awesome prayer. Some of the companions continued and got where they were and then did awesome prayer. They was bickering kind of back and forth about what was right. When they went to the prophet, peace be upon him about it, he didn't say anything. It's just like okay, so both parties was, was right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's the thing when you come in this, in this religion as a you know convert, especially as, as late as you know what I'm saying we did in our twenties. You don't, you can't expect yourself to just turn the switch and be a hundred percent. You know. Living one way, then turn that one eighty and live the other way. You gotta, you gotta slowly build. Like I'm still slowly building myself, and the goal, the goal isn't to be. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? We can't be perfect. That's just not in our makeup. But the goal is to try to improve every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Improve yourself every day a little bit, and that's just how I'm taking it now. Like when I first became Muslim, man, I was going so hard. I was watching, I ain't, I ain't a big reader. I was watching videos, Ahmed Didad. I was watching all, all his videos, all his, all those videos he had with all those Christian guys about who's who's right, who's wrong, basically, and all these. And I was just like, 
I was just trying to indulge so much information that you know it, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. And then at the same time, yeah. you got you got family and you got friends, you know, that don't really understand. Like, you trying to do this to better yourself, to become a better person, to to do what you think is right, and everybody always, you know, think you change. You know, you you not you know, you didn't you change. You're not the same person. It's like and. I feel like I'm the same person. I'm I'm more of a better me, but I feel like I'm the same person. But I feel like more people changed around me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They treated me different than more than I treated them. And I mean, I'm not mad at nobody because you know we all human. But uh, I don't know. It's just sometimes you just can't explain. You know, yeah. we all grow. We grow together. We grow apart. That's just that's just life. Yeah, see, I didn't go hard right as I took Shahada because I, I went hard in my teens. Like I said, I was really super militant. Like, I used to live for the debates because I, I did read the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Like, that's the re- that's one of the main reasons why I left. It's because I this book is supposed to be the Word of God. You find out it is quote unquote inspired by the Word of God. You're reading it. There's flaws. There's contradictions. You find out later on that none of the authors you were told that were the ones who authored the book, they really didn't author it. These are copies passed down from a time where only 5% of the population could read or write. That, that had questions about that. It's translated from Aramaic and Hebrew. Aramaic is a dead language. You can't even go back to check if it's real. You meet people who are in the, the clergy, graduated from these schools of theology to be preachers, and they're telling you straight up, like, hey, some of this stuff don't make no sense because it ain't supposed to. You know, you you read those those books in the beginning of the New Testament, and if you read each of the four, Matthew, Luke, Matthew, Luke, John, and the other one, because I told you I ain't no scholar. But when you read them side by side, each book has a different view of who Jesus is. But as a child, when you're growing up, Jesus, peace be upon him, as a child growing up, you're not told that. They're taking bits and pieces of each book and putting this story together. But when you read it side by side, there's a clear distinction on what, I guess, the disciples or or who the disciples seem him to be. And then when you realize who Peter was, who was Saul of Tarsus, he was a persecutor, a a, a clear enemy of, of Christianity starting out. Then all of a sudden he has a vision on the road to Damascus where Jesus comes down and tells him that he's going to be the one who is to further the gospel. Why not the first 12? Yeah. You know, his right hand men that was his 12 that was with him almost every day for three, almost four years. But this enemy of Christianity pops up and now he's the one who's going to carry the word of God And I mean in this day and age in 2019 someone tells me he's seen Jesus on his on his way from 
he was on New Circle Road and he was going from exit A to exit C. And in the middle of that, he pulls over and he sees Jesus. And Jesus tells him, nah, are you crazy? I mean, honestly. And that's that's something we're going to touch on on this podcast is how a lot of the things that people attribute to jinn, to shaitan, to possessions, it comes from people didn't have people didn't have the same sciences back then as we do now. So it's easy to say to put something that you don't understand off to something else that you don't understand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, from my studies in this dean, from my studies in this dean, there's no such thing as possessions. Because shaitan has no control over us. It talks about in the Quran where on judgment day, those who try to blame stuff on shaitan, he's gonna say, Whoa, 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 I had nothing to do with that. I have no power over you. I just whispered, I just pointed, and you did the rest. So if that's what's said, how can. He take control over your body. Makes no sense to me. That's interesting. That, I mean, when you really think about it, when you really read the Quran and you read some of the ayats, you realize, like, hold on, this topic shouldn't it be talked shouldn't it be talked about this way because you know what I'm saying. Common sense tells you that that couldn't work that way. You know what I'm saying. That was my thing. That's, that was my thing about Jen, and I'm still learning about it. I'm still learning about it. I don't know have all the answers, but that's one of my biggest things about Jen. A lot of this stuff you have to you have to understand what it is first before you just put pawn it off to that. So, so what you think those people doing? They like claim they get some people. Some people are just crazy, fam. You think it's some we ain't got no counselors in this dean. Name a name a Muslim psychologist that you know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need those type of people. We need people who are counselors, who are psychologists, who are psychiatrists. But we don't have them. So it's easy for someone to come in and, 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 and say that... The thing is, like, my, my thing is, Shaitan has no control over you. He just whispers. So you think, okay... That's, 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 that's what Waswasa uh, is. So... I got you. So we can we be seeing these people that be possessed, you know, they be having videos on the internet or whatever. But my okay, my thing is, do you think well what you said makes sense, I agree. But would would you say that people who are the people that are claiming to be possessed that are actually having some influence from a jinn or shaitan, do you think they it's because they had communication with their jinn? Or that shaitan, since the jinn, you said, you know what I'm saying, the jinn and shaitan can't take over us. But if you have a relationship with a jinn or shaitan, and they start to communicate to you clearly, and you communicate back with them, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I can, I can see how that can be a possibility. But if they don't have no, if, if shaitan can't have control over you how can a jinn have control over you right because shaitan is the shaitan is the first for the first and foremost most powerful jinn that's like that's my biggest thing with super my biggest thing with superstition 
Like you cannot give something more power than Allah. Allah is the all powerful. Right. So to say if I break a mirror, it gives me seven years bad luck. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Because there is a ayah in the Quran that says if something is to harm you, it could be an army, whatever it is. If Allah does not allow it to harm you, it can't harm you. If something is to help you, you can't. There's no such thing as a good luck charm. Yeah, that charm doesn't have more power than Allah. You you see what I'm saying? Right. So if Shaitan is the 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 clear enemy of man he told Allah he's going to lay in wait for you he's going to be the one and he doesn't have control control over you how can a lesser gene have control over you I get what you're saying what I'm saying is like not the people that like try to resist getting you know what I'm saying either possessed or whispers or whatever I'm talking about those people that's like okay say you call somebody on the phone and you talking to them and then, you know, you got your friend back here talking. You're like, oh, let me hand him the phone to talk. You know what I'm saying? Something like this. Does that make you sense? like somebody give control over to him? Something. Not, I wouldn't say give control over to him, but give them the the ability to maybe appear. I mean, that could, like I said, I could see that there could be a possibility. However, at the same time, for me, it still breeds superstition, which is what. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to dispel. Right. It just that's part like... of the reason why you don't hear about a lot of the miracles. Yeah. From Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It just because he wanted to do away because you got to understand the Arabs were a very superstitious tribe. Okay. They were very superstitious. I mean, we're talking about people who would bury their daughters. After birth, because their thought is that's a bad omen. Yeah, that's tough. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about we're talking about a very. I mean, Jahalil is it's a very ignorant people. People who would carve. Uh, carve idols out of food but when they went hungry they ate it you you know what I'm saying like we're talking about people who were like severely misguided right so if Prophet Muhammad sallallahu said I came to do away with superstition how do we still have it today that's something that has to be questioned you know what I'm saying because like I said from my experience a lot of things I've seen in this deem ain't no different from Christianity we attribute some things that make no sense from a dean that's supposed to be very simple. Yeah, I would. I don't. I don't believe in superstition. Uh, but you gotta understand. I don't believe in superstition either. But I had to realize that even though I don't believe in it, in a lot of areas, I was still very superstitious. That's true. Because where, from where I was raised, you know, we raised, we wouldn't raise Muslim. Right. So. When we come into this dean, and some things are said, and it's like, hold on, man, that don't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, that don't make no sense. Like, this is what 
the Quran is the word of Allah. It says shaitan has no control over you. But then someone says, I was possessed by demons. Yeah. It it contra you can't contradict the word of Allah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's to me, I, that's stuff I had to question, like, hold on, fam, I don't So what is this really about? And that's when I started studying more about jinn and possession and magic and and stuff like that. Because for instance, uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Horoscopes. Right. Like we're not supposed to do horoscopes because the jinn and uh, fortune tellers, the jinn can give people bits of information. Like how? Yeah. Everything from what I from what I understand is Allah is nothing like His creation. So if Allah is nothing like creation, anything outside of Allah is all in this realm. Okay, yeah. So if someone says they're a fortune teller, they're not getting no information from Jen for real. There's something practical behind that. Magic. Oh, this magician's getting his skills from the Jen. How? You people like to say if they don't understand it, they put it on stuff they don't understand. So, so basically what you're saying is people don't communicate with Jens. Can't nobody prove it to me yet, so I don't believe it. Okay. Because it can be, if it exists, it can be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. All right. Until you can prove it to me, you're just trying to say you don't. I don't understand it, so I'm gonna blame it on something else I don't understand. Yeah, I get that. Because most most magic is due to misdirection, due to illusion. It has nothing to do with a realm. That we don't even understand. Until I can see it, I don't believe it. And that's just real because everything everything outside of Allah can be can be dealt with with our five senses. I mean, at the same time, we can't see the gin, hear the gin or anything. And that's a part of it. You know what I'm saying? We can't sense them or anything. But, but so, they, we know they're there. We know they're there because they were, we were told they were there. See, if if Prophet Muhammad saw Allah never told us about jinn, how would we know about them? It's true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We were told about them, but we weren't given no... The only information we was given from Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu was that jinn was another creation that was here before man. It's a whole other world. They have free will just like man does. That Prophet Muhammad had some jinn convert. Other than that, everything else really, when you're really getting down to hadith and all of that, there's so many differences of differences of opinion on what's real, what's a strong hadith, what's a weak hadith, what, what hadith needs to be thrown out the window. But because we're not scholars, right, and we don't know the isnad and the chain of narration and all of that, like we just take what someone else says. That's no different than Christianity. That's what I mean. That's what I grew up. Just cause the preacher said it, so we might as well believe it. Like, no, that's not what Islam is about. Islam is about facts, right? So, this is a question I had thought of the other day. We live amongst the jinn, right? 
we live not amongst them. We live in a coexisting world, but separate, right? Like a per- parallel universe right. almost. And basically, people say, like, you know what I'm saying, Jen can Jen live in your house, Jen live in all these places. You know what I'm saying? We just can't see them. It's another world. You know what I'm saying? So what happens? First off, do Jen have jobs? From what I, from that's a good question. I don't know. Because it's like, look, I was thinking about this the other day. There's a lot of buildings that go vacant in our world. You know what I'm saying? Be up for sale. And then somebody will buy it and knock it down. So what happens to all those gym that worked in that building? Hey, fam. That's or lived the, in that that's, building. That's the reason why that is something that someone, please, was listening to this podcast, someone needs to delve into. Because, like I said, it's a world that we don't know about. And, like I said, that's also the issue I have with possession and all kinds of stuff like, okay, you don't understand how it happened, so you're just going to blame it on the gin. Think about it this way. A lot of history when it comes to Islam post-Prophet Muhammad, so Allah Salaam, like early on, when someone was schizophrenic or had dissociative identity disorder what did they blame it on they blame it on the gym because there was no psychologist to say hey man this, this man's crazy he had split personalities they just say oh it, he was possessed by the gym I've I've known of some situations where shakes have come up and talked to people who've either been possessed or had these type of symptoms and they've been like, yeah, they possessed. They need to do. They do these type of prayers, duas, whatever. And you know what I'm saying? It just, I don't know. I agree. What you're saying makes sense to me. Here's, here, you, the biggest, the biggest reason why people say sheikhs tell people to do these prayers is because of the last few chapters of the Quran. To me, it's disrespectful to the to the Prophet peace be upon him. But supposedly there was a magic spell put on. Put on Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Something about the knots and the woman blew on the knots and all of that. Like, how? He was the vanguard of a lost prophets. How can a witch put a spell on the greatest example of mankind? All of a sudden, this man who gets revelation, who remembers everything, that is passed down from him, down to him through Jabril, he forgets, and this happens for six months. Like, what hadith is this coming from? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we just get. I just don't. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't subscribe to just because a sheikh says it, I'm supposed to believe it. Right. Because that's how I was raised in Christianity. The preacher said it. You believe it. Yeah. Well, hold on, preacher man. You telling me that Jesus died and came back to life three days later? Well, was it two angels on the rock? Was the door closed when she got there? You know what I'm saying? They can't answer these questions. You're just supposed to believe it because they say it. One thing I've learned about Hadith is, first off, everything in um, Bukhari isn't a strong hadith. 
Not everything in there is a strong idea. We talked about this on the pre the pre production movies talking about the age of Aisha. Peace be upon her. Yeah. Oh, she was six. She was nine. Well, well, there's a whole other idea that says she was anywhere between 16 and 19. But because these scholars say she was six to nine years old, we're supposed to believe it. But that's disrespectful to the prophet. Yeah. What's he going to do with a young child? How is she supposed to help the cause? This is And this is going on, if I'm not mistaken, during the time of war with, Korea, with the Quraysh. So what, how is she supposed to bring anything to the table? Plus, there's other hadiths that says she was she was to be married before. So if she was to be married before to someone else before Prophet Muhammad, she was betrothed to be married, married at what age? Four? Common sense tells you like they can't. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's why I don't. I hear shakes when they say that, but. First thing that uh, was it, brother Brother Shahid told me when I took my shahada was use your brain. He said because a lot of people are gonna come to you with some stuff that's, that ain't gonna make no sense, and a lot of division in the in the dean comes from a lot of people who don't use their brain. They hear lectures because this brother said he came from Cairo or wherever. He comes over and his white though they just believe him, and it's like no, that's the reason why Christianity is the way it is. Because someone gets a degree, gets a sheet of paper and some ink, and they've done some studying that they, are we just supposed to believe them? And that's just not the case. Everything that we're given, we're supposed to go back and fact check. Because to my, from my understanding, blind following, blind faith isn't allowed in this thing. Just because someone says something, I mean, you just go and do it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I'm still learning about the gin. I have so many questions about what they are. But I don't want on the day of judgment to be questioned about something I didn't understand it, so I just automatically put it on another creation of Allah's. That's true. Oh, I understand it, so I just said the jinn did it. I didn't do no research to fix the situation, to help the situation, to better understand how it works. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, just it's the jinn's fault. And that's mm. the you don't help people who actually do have mental issues, who actually do have problems by just saying they're possessed. Just go do this. At one time, people didn't understand addicts. How can they, how, how come they keep getting high? Da, 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 da. Of course, they probably blame it on the gin or shaitan or they're just a bad person. They don't understand it's a mental disease. That's not nothing. I can't help the fact that if I go out tomorrow and get high, I ain't going to stop. It takes work. It takes support. It takes self-reflection on my part. Yeah. But I can only imagine back in the 50s and 60s if someone had a heroin problem. Just read. Just, just, just do these rakas. You'll be all right. It don't work that way. Because once he come up from that rakah, he won't go. He's gonna want to go get high. Yeah, and that's just how it goes. Like, I said, so like I can't. I have to learn more, but I can't just say all possessions are due to gin. Maybe some of them are. I don't know. 
but I'm just not that type of person. I've been through too much and and, and have learned. Be quite frank. To be to be very frank, I have learned that men, since time immemorial, a lot of them are full of shit, and they want power. Yeah. And they will mislead people for that sense of purpose. I've been a part of too many organizations to where people personality worship. Your person, your charisma and stuff is so bright, it draws people in. And no matter what he says, I'm a follower. And he could be dead wrong about everything. Or he could be dead wrong about 15%, but we'll never question it. Because that's who he is. I mean, look at, no disrespect, look at the nation of Islam. Louis Farrakhan is one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in my life. Powerful speaker. But I'm sitting in there, and I'm in Chicago, and I feel it. Like, the, the room is electric. He's giving his, giving his lecture. He's going off. And then when he says, when my feet lift off the ground, when the ship picks me up, it's over for America. Hold on, fam. Did you just say a spaceship's going to lift you up and teleport you? The other 99% of this room believes that. To me, that what? Hold on, fam. So we're descendants of aliens? Is that what you're telling me? Or Allah is on this spaceship allowing all this stuff to happen and he ain't doing nothing about it? My prayers are going to a wheel in the sky? That's what they believe. But no one questions it. Because that's, that's, that's Louis Farrakhan. Yeah. He's, he's the Moses. Well, no, take it back. He's the Aaron to Elijah's Moses. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, I'm cool. I can't, I can't subscribe to that. That's part of the reason why it took me so long to get in this thing. It's because I've always, I've always been that way. I'm just not going to believe something just because someone says it. Like, you got to show me proof. There's got to be something that makes sense. And that's why we have this podcast here too for people who don't understand like this is a very sensible religion. Don't listen to what the news tell you. You know, I don't know if you read that um did, did you read the comments from the post from what post? From the post uh, that you had with Yeah. That? No, I read some but it's been like 2 weeks. What do you think about slavery in Islam? Do you think it's allowed? Uh my honest, my honest opinion is I don't know. Because on one hand, it don't make sense for one man to own another one. And then on the other hand, I can see where somebody doesn't have anything. And in order to survive, they go and work for somebody. I don't know if it's slavery in the sense of how they was beating people in roots. I don't know if it's to that extent. I think it's more to something that's like a maid butler type of deal. Well, the thing about slavery, when it comes to Islam, it's for one thing, it's multifaceted. You had some people 
who were in debt to other people. And they became what you call an indentured servant. Right. Then you had, most of the slaves were prisoners of war. Like you was in war, you were defeated, you became a slave. Then you had people who were actually free men who were taken. Now, one thing I know about the dean is when Prophet Muhammad wasalam, came, he didn't just straight eradicate certain things. It went through stages. Like when he first came, a lot of Muslims were still allowed to drink. It talks about, there is an ayat, it talks about don't come to prayer drunk. Further along the line, it was abolished. It's the same thing with slavery. You can't just eradicate an institution just because you jump on the scene. You call you cause a lot of chaos. It was eradicated. First, he gave rights to slaves that they didn't have before. Then there were regulations for masters of slaves and then eventually it was completely abolished. There's stages. Nowadays, there's no reason to have slaves. There's no reason. There should be no reason why anybody should have slaves. Or any, somebody should be a slave of anybody. Get your ass a job. Yeah. Leave from where you at and find a job if it's that bad. But there should be no reason. Just because governments condone it, don't mean Islam condones it. And that's what I was trying to tell the dude on the Facebook message. Because he's like a Saudi Arabia, Yemen. Just because the government condones slavery don't mean that it's right and don't mean that it's a part of Islam. Right. It's just making that government money so they allow it to happen. As soon as the government ain't making no money off of it, then they get rid of it. But most of this slave trade shit, it comes from people in power are making money from it. No different than dope here in America and guns. They, yeah. We say it's illegal, but I mean, the government floods our streets with it because like, they make money off of it. That's like a conversation I had with somebody the other day where they was uh, they was listening to some, some C-SPAN and they was talking about, we was talking about church and state and how we supposed to keep it separate. And I was talking to him, I was like, I feel like keeping church and state separate gives people the leeway to act how they want to act in in the in the manner that they want to act and not feel like it's associated with the church or not like you know what I'm saying like they have an excuse like oh this is state matters this isn't church matters you know what I'm saying and I just feel like it don't it don't makes it it don't make sense to me to have it separate I understand people have different religions and you know what I'm saying we got to respect that and people pray and does that mean we're going to do all the prayers for all religions and all this and that deal? I don't know that's 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 small talk you know what I'm saying I feel like if you're going to have a church and then have state rules you know what I'm saying it just these people that's doing this state stuff in the government they don't they 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 appear to us as if they're you know holy people they they do things right by the book as far as church goes, but when once they get in there in that state, they 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 outlaws. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, my one, for one thing, I know when it comes to church versus versus state, that's one of them things that is really for a particular time in America's history. You got nothing to do with what we're doing now. The other thing is, 
our government ain't no state no more. It's a corporation. Yeah. This country is about money. We are business. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what our country. Our country is a business at this point. And if anybody that's is listening to this podcast knows that doesn't know, I'm gonna drop something on you. When I think it was 1914, when they stopped the American dollar being backed by silver and gold and created the Federal Reserve, which ain't got nothing to do with America. It's a world bank. United States went from being a country or a government to a corporation. Yeah. We are in the business of money. War funds more than anything. And if you look at the past 20 years, every country we've been to war with, they haven't had a federal bank. And we stop warring with them when we get them a federal bank. It's all about... It's the new age colonialism. That's all it is. If you look at just any world power, they have control of the biggest commodity. Europe was in control of ships, trade, all of that. When cotton became king, that's when America started to take over. When cotton wasn't king no more and machines took over, America shifted from cotton to factories. Now we fighting over oil. Whoever has the oil controls everything. That's also the reason why the race for going green is so crazy too because whoever has control over that has control over everything. It's all about what's the biggest commodity. What can the world go without? What's the newest fuel that's going to drive more money? It's always been that way. We just get distracted with stuff. That's why the, That's why we got the, the crazy... I don't even want to talk about it. That's why we got Trump in office. He's a big, a big distraction fan. He going to jail as soon as he get out of turn. They own him. They own him, fam. They own him. I don't know if he been following. I ain't been paying I've been following, fam. As soon as they said they got Mike Cohen and he snitched on him, and Trump said he was a rat, I said, oh, Trump's hit. Because even if your man's is a rat, you don't say he's a rat. Because when you say he's a rat... You're saying that some of the shit he's saying is true. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, so he's a rat, huh? So what, what about this is true? Let's, let's do some more digging. Oh, he going. He's going. Especially after he pissed, the gov- he pissed everybody off by shutting the government down for almost three months. I'd have been, oh, I'd have been so pissed. Can you imagine that? You ain't get no paycheck because the president says he was telling them sell everything, sell what you got. Hmm. But yeah, that's the thing with slavery; it's not condoned. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no use for it. Plus, as I stated earlier, like 
I mean, you stated that the last time we had this, we we we, we recorded was we got to stop looking at issues and situations of the past through the eyes that we have today. Yeah. You know, things were different back then. Like, there wasn't no such thing as, I mean, hell, there wasn't even TVs. News didn't travel that fast. Like, most travels was a, a day and two. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we can go from here to California and, I mean, if you get in the car and drive nonstop, you can get there in 16, 18 hours. Imagine doing that horseback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so think times are different. And, and that's another reason why I think this podcast is helpful as well is because times are different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was watching a Q&A the other night, and there was a, a new Muslim asking, how do they find um, a partner for marriage? Granted, they in the community where Muslims are aplenty. Like, in this community, I feel for people who take Shahada and ain't married. Yeah. That's not of an ethnicity, you know, an ethnicity that appeals to parents. Because one thing I also learned about this, Dean, some people's parents are rough, fam. Yeah, it's a lot of old mentality. Yeah, some people's parents are rough. Like, oh, he ain't no doctor, you can't marry him. He ain't this, you can't marry him. Like, come on, oh, man. Sure. Yeah. They trying to complete their thing. Give him a shot. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Especially if they knew, knew what somebody was, they cheering was doing when they ain't around. This is America, fam. Y'all, hey. Yeah. Some of these kids is lit. It's funny. A lot of people don't... A lot of these parents don't know how their kids are for real. They think that they're... How they are when they're around. Or how they was when they grew up. But... If your kid is raised in America without proper guidance and proper, you know what I'm saying? This is a wild country, man. It can go off the rails real quick. It's just a wild country where anything goes. I mean, it's just the way it is. It talks about that if uh, you you said you ain't never read the Bible when we get at the end, but in Revelations, it talks about America. We're a bunch of animals. We have good intentions. As a group, People in general are good, but when you break people down to individual levels, everybody has their own sin. Yeah, everybody has something that is dirty and nasty about, and that's the other reason why I wanted this podcast as well is because people who are in positions of power, certain people look at them like they can't do no wrong. Yeah, like the most perfect example we got was Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and even he said. That he can't get into Jenna unless Allah forgives him. So I can't look at somebody just because they got this school and they ain't this heavenly white thug that you ain't doing something foul somewhere. I ain't supposed to be thinking that way. But at the same time, I can't not yeah. have that in the back of my head like, you human just like I am. You know what I'm saying? You fall short just like I do. Yeah, I remember someone told me I was wrong when I first came into the dean. When I said, "Look, my goal is to not spend eternity in China. I might spend some time there, but my goal is to get to Jenna. I ain't got to be one of the first ones. Just get me in there. 
because I know I'm a fall short. I know I have some sins that I ain't really, really to put out that I work on that I don't know if I'm gonna die tomorrow and get forgiven. For, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I ain't trying to stand. In, I ain't trying to stand in like extreme terror on the day of judgment. Just a little bit. Almost yeah. like a dude who's going to jail and kind of knows what his sentence is going to be. That's like that's how I want to be. Like, yeah, I might do six to ten. Better than eternity. I wonder what I'm going through. Instead of sitting there like, oh God, am I going to spend forever? Forever, <laughs> ever? Forever, ever, ever? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Because I understand I'm going to fall short, man. And I think that, that I think that's what keeps me humble is knowing that I'm going to fall short. Knowing that I'm not perfect. And one thing I do know is perfection breeds anxiety. Yeah. When you're out here trying to be the perfect Muslim or be the perfect person, you're not going to... You burn out fast, You're man. not going to make it. And that's one of the things that, that Shaitan can whisper at you about is not being perfect. I remember there was a time that I was trying to do all five prayers every day. I, I gave up on it to the point where I wouldn't pray it at all. Now I try to get as many in as I can. Yeah. Because there's also, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a hadith that talks about how Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, the Muslims of my time, if they get ten percent wrong, they're in a the hellfire. But there will be, there will come a time if the Muslims just do ten percent right, they'll get into Jannah. Yeah, because it's like you can't, you can't expect to be on the level of the Sahaba. Like these people was like. The thing about the Sahaba is they were, they were converts too. Yeah, and it they took were them worried. Time. Yeah, they were worried. They was gonna like one little thing they did. They was like. It was like their life was over because they thought they, you know what I'm saying, they was going to hell. But when we, the way we live, man, we don't, I don't know, bro. It'd be scary to think about sometimes for real because it's like, I don't know how we can get any worse. Like I said, we live in a different time, man. It's not like, you got to understand back then. In order to sin back then, you really had to you like had to go, go for it. it. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you went. There was no TV. Yeah, were no cars. I mean, report. You need they all had that. camels. A bunch of sand. I mean, I, I'm just speculating. Camels, sand. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there yeah. wasn't cars and television and music like we have music today yeah. and that's a whole other subject that I'm delving into and there's so much differences of opinion on whether music is, is haram or not some people say it is some people say it ain't and when it comes to stuff that have differences of opinion on I just stay mindful of what I'm doing when it comes to it because some people say video games are uh, haram Yeah, I'm mindful there's certain video games I ain't gonna play Certain video games I am going to play. But I've been doing this since I was as far back as I can remember. And like I said, I just use common sense with certain stuff, man. Like, I don't think, and this is just me, and I might be wrong for saying this, but I don't think just because I listened to a 50 Cent album that I'm a bad person. Yeah. A lot of stuff is just entertainment. It ain't no different than the stuff yeah. we watch on TV. That's a lot. That's a lot of what's wrong with us now because we... We don't. A lot of us don't understand. It's just entertainment. Mm-hmm. A lot of us try to live the life that we hear in these, in you know, what I'm saying in these songs or on see on TV, and it's 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 sad and it's it's funny, but it's it's mostly sad. A lot of people don't have common sense either, though. That's the thing. 
we try to be these characters. It's funny how people can just, you know what I'm saying? We sing along with these songs about killing people, doing all this, that, and the other. And then something happened to somebody you know or somebody you love, and now it's like, oh, we got to put the guns down. We got to stop. We got to be better. Like It's like you can't have it both ways. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like what, what, what Paul Mooney say? Paul Mooney say, he said, everybody want to be a nigga to the time be a nigga. Or <laughs> 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 well, the Marines, they say... Um, Everybody wants to go to heaven, but don't know. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but don't nobody want to die. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And that's just that's the mentality. Like everybody wants to be something until it until it's time to actually do it. My wife wants to know if y'all want to have dinner at Mister Kebabs. Yeah, we can. Okay. Well, I don't think I, I don't think she understands. Like we're in the middle of a podcast. Like I'm just not shutting the podcast now. Yeah. My wife be killing me with that. She's just gonna come make a decision. <laughs> like we can do this? No, we ain't. I'm busy. Yeah, content create, man. This is this is the age of content, like. Between our phones, laptops, iPads, computers, whatever it is, people want to indulge. You know what I'm saying? It's the Netflix era. We yeah. we ain't waiting for no commercial about nothing. I don't care if it's, you know, pie, pine salt, baby. We ain't waiting. We don't want to see that, coach. You know what I'm saying? And I'm ready, I'm ready to just start putting content out, bro. I need to get on my social media tip more. I don't know. I just... When it first came out, it was fun, and then it stopped being fun. Because, see, I, I remember there, there was a time where there was no social media. Yeah. So, like, I know how to live without it. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't know how to live without it. Like, they have to post something. They have to be Bro, on there. I can't, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. When I, If I get on, I don't even get on Facebook that much. But when I get on Facebook and I see these posts... You know what I'm saying? These, you know, they my friends, they my family, whatever. But when I see these posts, and it's just like, you want that's not that's unnecessary. Like that, how did that go from an inner thought to a whole post? Yeah. Like you can't, you can't think without making it public no more. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it just, I don't know. I start, start itching. I'll be wanting to throw up. I just, I, my thing is, I, I think about it. And I want to post something. It's like, what, what do I say? Even though, like, I say all kinds of shit. And I be thinking, like, that's Twitter gold right there. Why ain't I use it on Twitter? And it's like, what's well, too late now? The, Man, feeling, the feeling's gone. Yeah. It be, I be having those moments where I hear or think something. And it ain't nothing like paragraph where I got to read. I can't. I don't understand how people write two and three paragraph posts. It, better to do. it just be like a sentence I hear in my head or like a Tupac lyric. I'm like, man, we need y'all need to man keep your head up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But as far as content creating, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to do a little bit of everything for real, cause there's an avenue for everything. I'm just waiting to get the second bedroom together. Get the second bedroom together. Get this desk. Get my monitors. 
You know what I'm saying? Give me a nice little camera. Because I, I, I do plan on, like, giving people more of me, you know. But this is this is the start. This is the beginning right here. The Shakespeare 101. I got another podcast I'm thinking about doing by myself where I just completely rant yeah. about shit that don't what I care about. I be I be ranting. Oh, I got some rants for you. I got some rants. She be having to hear my rant sometime, and I be like, I'm sorry, I'm ranting right now, but I'm feeling passionate about this right now, and this going it's got to get said, and you right here right now, so. So other than you know, hadiths, questions that we answer from comments or what have you. I mean, what else do you want to you know like touch on? Like, I mean, I binge watch. I watch a lot of movies. I keep up with music still. I keep up with a little bit of entertainment. Some of it I'm not keeping up with. I'm not even going to waste my breath talking about because it's nonsense. For instance, the R. Kelly thing. It's about time. My thing is with the R. Kelly thing. I, it's funny. I just watched that video like I didn't watch either it. yesterday or the day before. I don't need to watch it. I watched it. I saw the video from the 90s. I know. I already know. I had to watch the video. I don't know. I... I I mean, I'm not trying to get in the conversation, but I just feel like I'm 50-50. Like, I have no idea. Because I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know R. Kelly. I don't know these women. You know what I'm saying? And not to say that men do these things to women. Like, they... Obviously, there's... The, I know... Like, you know when you come across some people how they talk. Like, oh, you one of those. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But at the same time, not every woman is the mother of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like let's 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 go ahead and get that out out the way. Like this is not what we you know what I'm saying? Well see my thing with him is not so much of the women. It's for thirty years. Oh yeah, consistency. This man's been doing this and now y'all wanna get him. And then he gets on her and I know when I was doing my dirt and you caught me, I could cry real hard. I'd go all, all of that. Like, I, the, the nigga lying. That's what I'm saying. The nigga lying. He did that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, yeah. you know, it's, it's, take take your punishment like a man. You did it. You got caught, fam. And that's the reason why the law is looking into it. It's because that's a criminal enterprise. That ain't something you've been doing by yourself, especially with somebody who don't know how to read or write. R. Kelly don't know how to read or write. So you telling me he's been doing this for years? He don't know how to read or write. Fam. R. Kelly don't know how to read music, my G. He just, he's a, he's talented. He's one of those who's naturally talented people. Yeah. And the reason why he's been moving this, moving the way he's been moving for so many years is because he made so many people so much money. I got to teach so you how to read me, them, right? So let me ask you this. And this is another conversation I had with somebody one day. It was when that little, we was talking about Louis C.K. Is there a realm where you can separate the person from the content they created? You know what I'm saying? Like the music or the stand-up. You know what I'm saying? Because after whatever happens with R. Kelly or Louis C.K. or Bill Cosby, does that mean you're not going to... You're not going to listen to, you know what I'm saying? I believe I can fly no more. They're not going to move you. Here's the thing. If it was someone I actually listened to, it'll probably be hard. But honestly, 
I don't know when's the last time I listened to any R. Kelly music. People talk about Michael Jackson. Nigga, I don't listen to Michael Jackson. I used to. But I'm not pulling no Michael Jackson off the iTunes like, beat it. Like, I'm cool <laughs> on it, fam. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Louis, Louis C.K., don't really know who he is. But I think there's a difference between someone getting caught once doing something and someone being known for it. Yeah. And when you're known for doing some messed up stuff like that, you're known for it. It's not so much I can't separate it. Yeah. You're known for it. So now I have to look at the content you provide in a different eye. Like, what did this really mean? What did that really mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have to look at it in a different light at that point. If you're known for it. R. Kelly, he was known for it. Louis C.K., he was known for it. Harvey Weinstein, he was known for it. Russell Simmons, he was known for it. Certain people are just known for doing foul stuff. Some people just get bored and they get caught. But if you're known for it, and in this day and age, you can't hide anything. It was easier to hide stuff like that. I mean, we was watching, uh, what was we watching? The Ted Bundy thing documentary on Netflix. I I looked at my wife and I said, they can say what they want to say about us nowadays. Niggas was wild in the 70s. Yeah. They was wild imagine. in the 70s. The, the abduction in plain sight. Did you watch that? No. Fam. Okay, so this dude was a pedophile and basically took this family's daughter from them, married her at a young age, and had her brainwashed. Had the family brainwashed. This was in the 70s. I said, y'all wild in the 70s, fam. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what y'all was on in the 70s, but you can say what you want about the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Y'all was wilding back in the, uh, uh, what was it? What's the what's the word that they say about the 70s? Um, peace and love age. Yeah. Fam, when you watch it, see, we can't really talk. That's why I said, I got to know what you you be watching this stuff because I be watching all kinds of stuff I be want to talk man. about man like because be there's a lot of stuff that's on TV that needs to be talked about especially for those in this dean and they see it and they think like oh no like we need to talk about it because this stuff exists it's not just about Hadith it's not just about your beard it's not just about Ramadan. It's about people are sick. These are the signs. You know what I'm saying? People are alcoholics. People are junkies. There are pedophiles out there. There are nothing against the homosexual. There are homosexuals out there. There are human beings. Like this, needs, this stuff needs to be talked about. And you don't hear nobody talking about it. A lot of times when you hear talked about, talk about it in a, a very negative light, and we about free will and human rights before anything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like people have the right to be who they are. Now you might not like what they do. Yeah, but they have the right to be who they are. That's another thing. We in this age of where, like, if you disagree with somebody, oh, you hate, or if you. If you think one way and they think another, y'all automatically enemies or this person is the worst. Like, you know what I'm saying? It defeats the purpose of diversity, too. 
It makes people conform more. Now, I, that's that's the issue I have with this dean. That's one of the issues I love. I love Islam. That's one of the issues I have with this dean. Is like, I can't think differently. Like, oh, brother, what you wearing ain't sooner. No, it's not sooner to you. I live in America, fam. Like, it's 40, 50 degrees outside right now. I'm not going outside with just a thobe on my G. Yeah. I ain't. I'm putting some long johns on and put some jeans over top of them. With a t-shirt and a hoodie and a fitted cap. Well, brother, you ain't supposed to pray in jeans. Why not? Somebody said that to you? Yes. Brother, you're supposed to wear the... I forgot what the, the fit is where it's like a thobe and comes with the pants. Yeah. And you're supposed to make sure the pants are above the ankle. Look, I ain't got time for all that, man. If I'm out and about and I decide to stop by the masjid for prayer, whether right. it's Zora, Asr, or uh, Maghrib, and I, I'm pulling over, I'm going in there, I'm making wudu, and I'm praying in whatever I'm wearing. Now, I do understand, like, having big, uh, like, insignia stuff on your clothes. Right. I understand that part. Right. But I'm not going to change my whole wardrobe. He wants you to have one of the master gym Well, bags. the thing is, it's, like I said, the times are different. The times are different. It's not, for one thing, we're not in Saudi Arabia. We're not in Mecca, where a lot of places shut down for prayer, where you're able All to right. just go do it. Well, you you know, know what I'm saying? This is America. Yeah, we're in America. And if I'm out and about, I'm not changing clothes. For instance, my wife, she works at a job. She can't wear, she can't wear a hijab. She won't make no money. We don't live in an age where, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we live in a very judgmental time. A very easily manipulated judgmental time. It's easy for them to jump on Fox News and say this, that, and the other. And, you know, 85% of America is running with it. More than that, because, I mean, we only make up, Muslims only make up 1% mm-hmm. of the uh, American population. And that's only like three million. So if you got you know three hundred million people in an area, we only make up three million of it. The most saturated areas is going to be Detroit, Philly, and Atlanta. Yeah, there's Muslims scattered, and people have no idea who we are. And my my wife was in a meeting where a dude that had a sales meeting at the beginning of the day, and he was going off about them Muslims over there. Then Muslim, they didn't know she was Muslim. Yeah. Well, he didn't know she was Muslim. The other co-workers knew she was Muslim. But because she carries herself in a manner, they were upset for her. And that's what this podcast is for. I mean, because if it wasn't for her being, I guess, I don't, I don't want to take the credit, but if it wasn't for my example and what I've helped her with, It'll put her in an uncomfortable spot. Yeah. A lot of people would have stopped being Muslim in an environment like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that's what we have to stop. My wife said, do y'all want food? You not hungry? Are you sure? She's going to bring it. Ten minutes later, she's going to be hungry. You sure? Are we, st- are we are we all going to go- Mr. Kebabs? No, she's supposed to she's supposed to bring some here. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. yeah. 
She gonna eat part. She gonna eat. I'm gonna say yeah. You you the guest. You the guest. Uh, Herbie be alright. <laughs> I want another one. The crazy thing is, like, I didn't like cats, and then took Shahada, met my wife. We moved in. Like I told you, I didn't go hard when I first yeah. took Shahada. So, like, met my wife. She moves in. She brings the cat. I'm like, I don't like no damn cats. Then after I found out Prophet Muhammad liked cats and get Abu Huraira, which is, he was like, the, the had a lot of cats. And they said, they said a lot of times when you see Prophet Muhammad, he had a kitten. He said he loved cats. I, I gave him a shot. Now, that's my dude, man. Yeah. I like cats because they can do their own thing. I like dogs, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I can't carry you all day. You know what I'm saying? You got to go out there and get 20 or 10 yourself. I can't. I can't. I don't know. To get 20 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Now, my cat won't even let me carry him. What are you talking about? He, he ain't one of them cats, man. He thinks he's a dog. That's the crazy thing about this thing too is I think it's like we we get dogs misunderstood because of what other people say as well. Yeah. And a dog is not that bad. They had different dogs back then. And you gotta have more history behind those hadiths. Like why you know, like I think there was somebody said there was a hadith where um Angels wouldn't enter your house if there was a dog in there. And I was like, okay, why? Why well, don't know? Well, brother, why are you telling me that then? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to give you no hot dip and I ain't got no type of knowledge behind fam. Plus, yeah. I'm going to say it says something to the effect of, because I don't know Arabic yet. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm going to love doing this podcast, too, because I was watching a lecture by Sadeh Webb, and he was talking about how like he had just graduated from... Um, he had just graduated from some school. I think it was in Cairo. He just came from Cairo. And there was the masjid. He was wearing his white thobe. And he, he, the brother walked up and said, are you a sheikh? And he's like, no, I'm not a sheikh. He's like, okay, I got a question for you. And he asked him, I think he asked him something about the, something about the prayer. And he said, but you could only answer it on one condition. He was like, what? Don't answer it like a sheikh. Because, you know, they're like, um... The ulama Abu Abu uh, Abu Kiyum, Abu Kiyum, and then I like said yeah. this, and he's like, "Well, he says no, 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 not like that, not like that, not like that." How? Why? He's like, "Because well, that's how it reveal." Okay, that's all I needed. That's what this is for. Like, I'm yeah. not trying to give you the whole rundown. Like, look, man, this this is how it was revealed, or this is my this is my understanding of it, and this is how I live. You know what I'm saying? Because right now I'm currently studying the uh, Hanafi Madhab. And um, I'm enjoying it so far. And like I said, I've, I've learned there's a lot of... It's moderation, man. Yeah. A lot of this thing is moderation. A lot of this thing, it makes it easy for you if you're in a situation. Yeah. Who do you who do you uh, listen to today? Who did I listen to? Today? Who do you listen to? Like what lectures? Who what? Right now, I just now? right now I just been listening to Noman Ali Khan. I've been listening to some of his uh, some of his talks, and it's just 
it's more so lately I ain't gonna lie, I've been listening to it more so for a connection cuz you know what I'm saying? I've been I've been working a lot at work and it take up a lot of my time and I ain't got time to do this that and the other and I just be sleeping so when I got a chance on my way to work I'll listen to I'll listen to a little bit of a lecture but right now I'm just like I'm just in a mental space where I'm just I'm just trying to find find a uh some traction on peace you know what I'm saying and like I said I went I went I did it wrong in the beginning, like going, trying to go hard and learn everything is it's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it. And right now I'm just trying to gradually get back into it. But at the same time, it's, it's hard to find and talk to someone who has that everyday type of knowledge or talk. Nowadays, when you're listening to these to these lectures or something it's on it's like it's sometimes it happens at the mass during during the cookbook you know what I'm saying it's they're giving the cookbook about something that's overall you know it's great and it does need to be talked about but at the same time after I leave here today how's this gonna help me in my in my day to day life you know what I'm saying yeah. like you're not reaching me you know what I'm saying and a lot of times when I listen to lectures, and it and it does depend on my mood, you know what I'm saying, what I'm doing. But if I'm not getting reached, if it ain't something that's, and it's gonna sound selfish, it ain't got nothing to do with me or how I'm feeling at the time, then I, I can't really feel it that much. I get easily distracted, you know what I'm saying. I got that easily distracted syndrome, that ADHD. So if you ain't talking to me about something, I'm I'm drifting. I'm drifting quick too, you know what I'm saying. So. I know I listen to a lot of Sahay Webb. Sahay Webb has a lot of good lectures. I've met him personally in real life, though. Muhammad uh, Saifullah and the MSA brought him down one time for. Yeah. And after you I know met he him, took him, he took him over to the Indies. Yeah, well, that's why I like Sahay Webb, fam, because <laughs> he is a down to earth cat, bro. Like, that's funny. I've met him. We talked for a little bit. He gave his lecture. It was streamlined. I could relate yeah. because he's not talking in a elevated, holier than thou type deal. Right. It's like it's 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 he's chill language. Yeah, and after Muhammad told me he took him to Indies, I had I had to look him up. I'm like, I met him. Muhammad took him to Indies. Right, like right. I got to see what this cat's about. I started learning about him when I found out he was a DJ for Color Me Bad. And that's the reason why he yeah. left Color Me Bad because he accepted the Dean. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this cat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be honest, anytime I see a white Muslim that I can relate to is close to my age group, I automatically connect. Because the discrimination and the, the racism and the prejudice that they're getting, I can relate to. Yeah. Because we have that in this dean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the first time I saw a white Muslim family, my mouth hit, the my, my jaw dropped. I'm not going to lie. I seen, I was at the masjid on Friday and a white guy walked in. And I, I, I still be, I'm. it's not like shock. It's just like, oh, hey, 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 man. Now, my, the first time I seen 
an all white Muslim family. I was what? And I, I was in the Nation of Islam at the time. So like Nation of Islam, we went to uh, the Eid prayer after Ramadan, and this is when they had it at where the um, KBA plays at. Yeah, that way, Hamburg. Not Hamburg. No, it's a row. And you know that big gym, gym, and we're standing there, and I'm in my suit. You know how Nation of Islam is. I got my bow tie. I'm clean, part all that, I'm trying to look all. The whole, I mean, it was a husband, his wife, and he had like four kids, and I was like, and at the time I didn't know what to say. But today, I know my, my thought was, mashallah, like, what is this? Like, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a struggle. Oh, it is a struggle. I mean, my wife talks about it. You know what I'm saying? My wife talks about, like, when I first took her to Masjid Bilal, and a lot of the sisters thought she was Syrian. Really? Yeah. And when they found out she was white, it was like, oh, for real? Okay, you know. But still, like, they thought she was Syrian. And then, just... She was telling me how she had been treated a couple times. And I'm like, uh, well, welcome to America. what I go through on a regular basis. You know what it's I'm like saying? Being Muslim and being black is like. Well, for one thing, they automatically think you get it in prison. Like, why I got to go to jail? Yeah. Why why I got to go to jail to get Islam? How come I just couldn't accept it? Some of it also comes from, I, rem- I remember Imam telling me, I forgot, I forgot his name, but Muhammad had picked him up. They were speaking at uh, the academy. It was during Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon his birthday weekend. They had um, the brother that's actually from Elizabethtown. I forgot his name. But he's from here in Kentucky. He came to give the class for the weekend. And then another brother came to speak. And that brother was telling me a lot of it comes from People who are born in this dean are jealous of us because we got to choose at this time. We have a certain baraka that comes from choosing the dean at this time in history. Because we chose at a time where it's not favorable to be a Muslim. So he says some of it ain't got nothing to do with racism or prejudice it has something to do with they know what baraka we getting because he said he had to admit that he's lightweight jealous because we got to choose we weren't born into it yeah we were raised something totally different we seen the dean we seen the beautiful the 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 beautiful nature of it and we chose to be a part of it even though it's similar to that one hadith that talks about holding a hot coal you know what i'm saying I'm not in Yeah, that's funny because it's like you when you hear people who was born Muslim say they're jealous of you, I be thinking like, bro, if I'll be so happy if I was born Muslim, like you you know so much, you grew up in this, this is second nature to you. Like I'm over here I'm low key solo. I ain't even know y'all Jonathan was my cousin, but at the same time, like ever since his brother got married, mashallah, you know what I'm saying? He's been, it's been a ghost town over here, you know what I'm saying? That's how it is after you get married, dog. Like, what are you talking I mean, about? I know, I know, I know how it is, but what I'm saying. I mean, but the funny thing is he told us it was gonna be like this. Yeah, like, man, y'all, y'all, when I get married, y'all not gonna see me. And I was like 
I was like, yeah, whatever, bro. But he was he meant that, hey. He, hey yeah. But yeah, I be when I be seeing people, I ran into a guy, Kassim, at at the masjid one day, and I was like, man, I didn't know you was Muslim, man. I said, like, how come you ain't tell me in middle school what was up? He was just like, oh man, I don't know. I was just like, man, you, these people born Muslim, man. It's just well, it's because one thing I've learned about a lot of the individuals that come from overseas, they try to assimilate. They want yeah. to fit into American society. That's one of my biggest beasts because I ain't assimilating nothing. I'm already part of it. Yeah. You know, my thing is I need to be the best version of me I can be. So assimilating ain't even a part of my vocabulary. I, I say that because I work in the hospital. I've seen a lot of those doctors at the masjid. You wouldn't know they was Muslim if you seen them in the hospital. That's that's yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like so, a lot of Muslims are hiding in plain sight, and to me, that ain't cool. To me, now I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, but I'm not trying to hide in plain sight. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like part of my beard comes from. Me shaving every day in the nation of Islam, and I hate shaving. Another part of my beard is because I'm a Muslim. Yeah. I want you to see my beard and know there's something different about the nigga right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wear my, I tuck my pants in my socks because I have a predisposed, uh, it makes me feel funny if my pants are hanging on my shoes. I don't like my pants bleeding on my shoes, that, but it also comes from, there's something that's significantly part of what a Muslim is. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because at one point I was thinking about getting all my pants him that way. I just haven't gone to it. I, well, I ain't, let me be honest, I ain't got the money. I ain't gonna pay somebody him all my jeans. Nah, my jeans. I'm cool. got money, I ain't got the time, bro. No, I know somebody can do it for you. Brother don't mind doing it. I ain't got the time, man. I be wanting to do so many things. It's crazy, man. I just ain't got no time, man. Bro, prioritizing. And that's the thing about being in this dean at this age too is like had I I mean honestly I, I know if I had gotten this dean if I was like 17 18 years old accepted I, I'd have definitely went overseas and studied for real yeah I mean but I mean I got the dean when I was 31 I'm not going overseas I mean for one thing they just told me I was too old anyway yeah and it's all about like, I didn't know uh, access to stuff. Like, I'm not, I didn't have access to a lot of things. Like, I converted when I was, when I was 20. But at the same time, all I knew was going down to the little old limestone. That was it. Yeah. That was my, that was Muslim, being Muslim for me. So, knowing about, they got schools and learning how to speak Arabic and all this. I ain't, I ain't had no knowledge of none of this. See, when I first converted, I was a big proponent of, Bilal Phillips and Mufti Ming. And Bilal Phillips had Islamic Online University. Yeah. And I ran through that. You did? Yes. I almost came I almost became Salafi. Because that's what it, it from what I could see, that's what it looked like Bilal Phillips was promoting. Was says my cat. 
Yeah, they rubbing up against too. Oh, marking. But that's what I could perceive him to be was Salafi. And the reason why I stopped is because I realized, to me, what it looked like he was doing was picking and choosing what Hadith to go by. That's the whole point of having Madhavs. They yeah. come, they, they have a system. It looked like Bilal Phillips had no system. He's saying, well, the Hadith says this and that's what you do. Well, what Hadith? Well, Amen Bukhari. But when I, when I found out, like, not everything in there is strong. That I, when I found out the difference between strong Hadith, weak Hadith, and Hadith that have no basis, that's when I was like, hold on, let me dive more into this. And I dove in, and that's when I realized, you know what? Let me take my time. Let me find out. The, and Brother IU popped up. And that's when I was like, okay, Allah sent this here. It was a prayer answer to have someone help me, to teach me. Because I remember being in the mosque, like, hey, we need classes. We need this. And they was like, they weren't trying to hear that. They weren't trying to hear no classes, no programs, none of that. I have, a, I have an issue with that too, like. Why? Why is there no programs? Why is there no classes? Yeah. That is something that this community has to deal with at some point. I don't know if I'm going to step up to do it. Like you said, right now I don't have the time. I don't have the time and I'm not the most diplomatic person. I am a very aggressive and assertive person. I ain't going to say aggressive. I'm just assertive. People take it as being aggressive. I don't do passive aggressiveness at all. To me, that's being a... You just being a nice asshole. Yeah. And I'm cool on that. Like, if you don't like me and you want to say something to me, just say it. Don't try to make it sound nice. If you don't like me, say you don't like me. You know what I'm saying? If you don't like what I'm just say, you don't like it. Yeah, that's what it's... That's what it's... That's what it feels like sometimes when you're around like Muslims, cause you don't. If you ain't, you know, if you ain't from the same country, if you don't look like them, you know what I'm saying. You don't dress like them, act like them. It's like, oh, alhamdulillah, you're Muslim, but you know, you you, you stay over there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do need to get back into the community, cause the one thing I can tell you that I love about this dean. After I took Shahada, was Muslim Muslims know how to cook. Yeah. Forget what everybody hey fam. Every ethnicity I've been to, we go somewhere to eat. Yeah. Oh, what is this? This is such it smells good. Oh, it's, oh, it tastes good too. Like, hey, yeah. I need I this on my house all the time. I you know remember my first Ramadan, man. I was like, man, I don't even know where to get this. Like <laughs> no, like how much I gotta pay? Where I gotta go to get this, man? This, y'all eating this every night? Yeah, man. My wife finally learned how. To, well, I can't say she finally learned how to make chicken tiki masala, but she makes chicken tiki masala. Even though I can't, she kind of cheats on the sauce because it's already like mixed in the bottle. But yeah. she, we have a Muslim friend that taught her how to prepare rice. Right. 
changed the game. Hey. <laughs> bro, I try to look up some Indian recipes, bro, and they just use so much, so many spices, and I don't even know where to get half the stuff. And I'm just like, man, just go grab that bottle right there. Right. But, well, I'll tell you right now, you go to Kroger, that's, I can't tell you exactly which section. It's in a section that has, like, hamburger helping and all of that, but they have private selection. Tiki Masala. All we do is take some chicken thighs, fry them bad boys up, cut them up real good, prepare the rice, throw the chicken in there, throw the masala. Bow! (laughs) She's bomb, fam. I know, I know one thing. I, we need to do something for Eve this year. Yeah, something. It's together. like it's weird because like once well, Muhammad and them left, yeah, it was man, like Muhammad was it was like the lifeline. We just Saifullah, come back. Man, he out there. He out there. I don't know. You know what he be doing, man? He like Tommy. I don't. What you doing, <laughs> bro? What do you What do you do, bro? What does Tommy do for a living? <laughs> Right, like, you know what I'm saying? But Tommy ain't got no job. Like, I don't know, bro. I don't know. But, he, yeah, I hope I hope we come back, bro. Yeah. Well, it seems that. like at this point, we are getting ready to start rambling. We are an hour and 49 minutes in. I want to say thank you to everybody who has taken the time out to listen to this all the way to the end. Thank you to those who turned it off within the first 10 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever. It don't matter. You tuned in. Um, we got more to come. The next ones are going to be a bit more structured. We still learning how to do this. We're going to get some sound effects in there. We're going to get some stuff to uh, talk about more on an Islamic scope and viewpoint. As soon as I get my mans here, Young Stally, to start tuning into some more things. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't tune into the abducted in plain sight like after you see Ted Bundy confession tapes like I don't see how I didn't say because you like Ted Bundy confession tapes but no I ain't even watched the Ted Bundy because I, I just it just seemed long you got it's not so much about it. it's to me man but to me it's part of Dawah like there's certain things I got to know about in order for individuals in order for me to be able to talk to individuals about things on an Islamic basis. Like, for instance, I don't use secular talk anymore when I talk to people. When I talk about Allah, I say Allah. When I talk about Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I say Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because you never know what word is going to... Yeah. Like, what does that mean? I say, inshallah, a lot. I say, mashallah, a lot. Because... This is my dean. Right. I spent most of my life dumbing words down yeah. because I don't want people to think a certain way of me. It's true. Like, for instance, I say nigga all the time. Yeah. People say, you need to stop saying nigga. Look, I'm going to say nigga all the time. You know why? Because at one time, Christian was considered nigga after Jesus, peace be upon him, died. Christian, Christian was not a, a good word to be called at one time. But now look at it. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you're a Christian. It's a good thing you're a Christian. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, if I call you my nigga, that's a good thing. You're my nigga. Yeah. Bro, it's just... 
If I don't call you my nigga, I don't, I, I don't fuck with you, man. I don't know. I don't, just I'm like, you? No. <laughs> <laughs> From like the age of like 17 to 22, bro, I went down such a, a rabbit hole. To where it's like, man, if I get it's like if I get back doing that, bro, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be fun to be around. I'd be talking about stuff people don't want to talk about, and I'd just be like, man, let me calm down because I'd be talking hey, about. Hey, man, that's why we made this podcast. Let's get let's get to it, fam. Conspiracies and everything. I'm on it. Yeah, that's I what mean, this, this you talking about. You want you want to provide content? Yeah, I mean, I be mean, get up, Craig. Get up, Craig. <laughs> Come on, Craig. <laughs> Man, I just, you want to talk about content? Let's get into it. I right, we can yeah. talk for days. I mean, you know me YouTube rabbit holes I fall down. I, I was on a parasite rabbit hole the other day. Like, oh, I need to give me some turpentine. Let <laughs> 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 me get rid of all these parasites. Yeah, I'll be man. Sick as hell. Yeah, man, them rabbit holes crazy, bro. But the beautiful thing is we have it now. Cause I mean, one time we didn't have it. Yeah. Can you imagine falling down an Encyclopedia Britannica rabbit hole? How many books you had to read back then? Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, like nowadays it's just a touch of the phone. You can go wherever you want. That's but crazy. you gotta be you gotta be careful about shit Google and shit YouTube. Yeah, that's true. Shit Google and shit YouTube how you fucked up out here. Yeah. But anyway, supposed to be ending this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Y'all be safe. We out.